You are listening to Think Funny with Aaron Donnelly, Nate Sadler, and Matt Donnelly. For show notes and to check out Aaron's books, please visit AaronDonnelly.com. And now, the show that only thinks it's funny, the Think Funny Podcast. Welcome to the Think Funny Podcast. Uh, This is Aaron Donnelly. I'm here with my co-host, Nate Sadler. Hey, everybody. And Matt Donnelly. Hey, guys. And today we are talking about gun control, Uh, guns, Second Amendment, NRA, so forth. Matt, maybe do you want to start to give us a background on the Second Amendment? So I was just going to just start out, man, by going to the top and reading the the Second Amendment. It states a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms, Shall not be infringed. And what was really interesting is that uh, when I took a, I took a constitutional law class in 1999, and I remember because um, my uh, <clears throat> professor had founding father hair. He like had this great, <laughs> yeah, this great cloth. Wig. It looked like a powdered wig, but it wasn't. It was it was uh-huh. awesome. Um, but anyway, he you know he said I couldn't believe it. He said up to this point we really don't know what the Second Amendment means because the Supreme Court yeah. had never taken a case on it. And I just thought I just really? thought it was astonishing because, you know, you, you don't hear that. You didn't, never heard that. I mean, you have the lobbyists on both sides and, you know, giving their take. And he's like, yeah, we, they, we don't know if it just means, uh, you know, right to bear arms for a militia or if it means personal right um, for self-defense and such. Because it's one sentence and there's no, it's commas. That, right, that it's thing commas, you read is yep. one sentence. It's not yep. periods. It's, it's t- it opens with the phrase, a well-regulated militia. Ends with the phrase "keep and bear arms shall not be infringed." Right, and then there's there's a couple commas in between. So, yeah. So the original intent, the history behind what a well-regulated militia is, was that back then there was no local police force when they started our country, and so there were guys, groups of guys that were organized to get together to for self-protection of a town, or but it wasn't like there was a standing like national guard that we have today and i think that was the original intent that it was like the intent was for this militia uh to be able to exist and so we needed to create this uh, amendment in order to allow for that don't you feel like back in the time when that was created though that it was a, a gun was just kind of more of a tool of daily life i mean it was right you needed it to hunt you needed it you know if you were uh out on the frontier you needed to protect your property, protect your general pop for food. I mean, yeah. you needed weapons for food. Yeah, there, it just—I think of it as more of a tool back then than a, you know, a weapon. And the impact of that tool was that you could fire if you were really good. You could fire like two to three rounds a minute, maybe. When we were in Williamsburg, I got to see like a demonstration of where they do that, and they fire a musket and they they pack it, you know, with all the gunpowder and the musket ball. And I'd be afraid that I'd blow my hand off, put too much gunpowder in there. <laughs> you don't know what could happen. Speaking of which, I was at a um, garage sale the other day, and I saw this, these guys. They said they were moving, and over in the corner, I saw it wasn't even for sale, but I saw. Uh, I go, is that a potato gun? And the guy's like, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. I go, is it for sale? And he goes. Maybe. And so, anyway, I bought it from him. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm super scared. I'm going to put on all my motorcycle gear and my helmet and my gloves and everything. 
but uh, I'm going to take it on vacation this summer. I, I like how he says, maybe, like, find me later. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally that way. It was, like, under his breath. And then he goes, us old guys are old are old enough to know what that is. <laughs> like, uh, this, this is, like, a homemade deal, right? Yeah. It's yeah. just a PVC pipe uh, put together. But. They are pretty sweet. I've seen a potato gun, and I've seen, have you guys ever seen a pumpkin gun? No. Wow. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. It, it'd kill a man. The Supreme Court finally took up a case in 2008, and it was a 5-4 to four decision. And I thought about this, and I was thinking, there's one swing vote. Our country could be a whole lot different today, the last 11 years, if that vote would have went the other way. Because yeah. the case was District of Columbia versus Heller. And what happened was District of Columbia had a law in the books since 1975 that said that residents of District of Columbia could not own handguns unless they, unless they had them prior to 1975. And so the, the Supreme Court take, took up the case and basically they said, you know, the uh, Second Amendment does give individuals uh, a personal right to own firearms for self-defense. Now, what they also said, though, which is Similar to other cases like abortion, things like that, is that the, the states and federal government also have the right to regulate that. It's not an unfettered right. Does Warren G. have the right to regulate that? <laughs> Warren G. can I regulate he anything does. he wants. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> the big gun under discussion and types of guns is like the AR-15 semi-automatic uh, rifles because they've been involved with recent uh, mass shootings. Um some type of semi-automatic rifle like the AR-15, I think, has been involved in all of the recent ones. Right. So, Matt, have you ever shot an AR-15? I have not. Um, when I when I was big into guns, it was early 2000s, but it, it wasn't legal back then to have any gun that had a magazine that could carry more than 10 rounds. Um, right. So, like, you know, you couldn't buy an AR-15. Back then. Um, if we could, if you could have, I probably would have had one. <laughs> I've only fired a gun twice in my life. When I was in college, we went pheasant hunting once. And I fired wildly into the air with no chance of hitting anything. <laughs> did you, did it feel like I should be shooting at something? The second time we shot clay pigeons, that was actually pretty fun. I enjoyed that, but I'm just... You didn't uh, shoot an old man in the face like Dick Cheney? Uh, not lately, no. <laughs> did you guys feel like maybe after the Las Vegas shooting that something might change? I, I really strongly felt like that there would be some massive oh maybe not a, a ban on owning guns but just a massive change i mean not a lot's really changed what what did they change the bump stock thing like you can't buy the bump stocks anymore i thought too just because of the group that was targeted would seem like a more pro-gun group it was a country western concert it's true yeah and yeah. i just thought if that th those people are the people that are most likely going to be owning guns you know and, and if that happened to them i thought i thought that would have changed things too um, in the video footage of it and it, it, i think it did eliminate bump stocks and this is maybe where we can get to the nra i think matt it got passed the two uh not only that were bump stocks illegal to sell but you had to destroy them if you owned them mm -hmm. the nra that was what they didn't like they didn't like they said, fine, you can no bump stocks because it essentially creates an automatic weapon and they've invested all of this resources and time into saying a semi-automatic weapon is different than an automatic weapon. Um, so they were fine with the no more selling, but the destroying of them, they stood against and there's reasons behind that. And that's because the NRA is funded by gun companies. 
and their biggest sales are during uh, when people are afraid that people yep. that the government's going to come for their guns. So they called it the Obama boom. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the Obama administration, the gun sales went through the roof. Now that Trump is president, gun sales have fallen off. In fact, you know, like the day after Sandy Hook, um, gun sales in, in Connecticut like skyrocketed. It's driven by fear. And so the gun companies, what they don't want is they don't want the government to say, you can't own it anymore. Because what happens is people want, they fear that it's going to stop someday. So they want to buy as much as they can, but they won't buy as much as they can if they know they'll have to destroy them later. And so it's a, so again, it's a lobbyist thing by the gun companies because they want to sell more guns. It's a really a lot like the, just the stock market. It's driven by fear and lack of fear. Right. When there's fear, I mean, there's months where like gun companies will sell out of, I mean, they'll be on back order for weeks and months and, you know, and then there's times when things are calm. I mean, they probably don't really hardly sell much at all. So they, they probably like, I don't know if likes the r- right word, but. I'm it's sure counter. It's counterintuitive. Yes. Yes. And that you would think that you know they'd want a you know pro-gun president, but really they don't because no. You know about pro. You know it's all about profit. This is what I, this is the thing that really jumped out at me is this. I thought, okay, well, I, in any public policy and stuff like that, I'm like, you know, I may have my biases, but let's just see what is the truth, like what is reality, and let's make public policy based on what reality is. Does gun control make guns safer? Does it make our country safer or not? What's the truth behind it? And when I started looking into that, you start looking for scientific studies on this type of thing. And here's what really jumped out at me, is that there's a thing called the Dickey Amendment which happened in 1996, and it was a rider into the federal government spending bill, and it was supported and basically funded uh, to get pushed through by the NRA. And what it said was that you cannot use uh, federal funds to advocate or promote gun control. So there's a group called the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. They study all kinds of things that harm Americans, whether it be disease, but also car accidents, uh, you know, cigarettes, lots of different things. They were studying gun control. In 1993, they came out with a study that showed that you are more likely to die of a homicide if you have a gun in your house. And the NRA was all up in arms about that. So what they did was they essentially got this passed through the spending bill. Since 1996, the uh, spending for research on gun control, scientific research, has been completely dried up. And so we don't even have the information that we need to have to have an informed uh, public discussion. That mm. bothers me. That's what a I mean right there is let the truth come out, whether it's for you or against you, and let people right. make rational decisions based off the truth. If there's a group out there that's saying we can't even look at the truth, that's a huge red flag to me that there's something wrong. 38,000 people die of uh, gunshots, uh, firearms in the United States every year. 38,000. It's about the same as car accidents. Now, the CDC studies car accidents. What if the phrase, instead of saying that they can't uh, use any funding to advocate or promote gun control, it was they can't use any money to advocate or promote car safety. Mm-hmm. That would be absurd to, to think that a car lobbyist group would pass that law and that no one can study car safety for 20 years because of it. This is why I hate when you back when you put science on the back burner, what happens is everybody's just got their opinions on things, right? And then you just fight about these feelings and these opinions. Let's put science on the front burner and fight and then talk over what reality is. Anything that takes lives or is harmful to people 
should be completely studied and that information should be available to everyone. When the problem is when you have incomplete information, I think if if anyone on any topic is prevented if they're given all the information on a topic and they read through it, they might change their mind if they're ra- a rational person. Sure. sure. But when you don't have that, you you can't you you'll never make that change in your thought if you don't look at all the information. And some people will, some people won't, but I guarantee some people will change the way they think if they have all the information. So why not give it to people? There's another amendment that came along. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's the TART amendment. And it's another thing that was pushed by the NRA. So basically, it creates an amendment that says you cannot have like a national database of a firearms tracking system. You can't share the information between different governmental agencies. Wow. And not only that, yeah. but the NRA tried to get them to not even be able to go digital with their information. They wanted to keep them on paper. I'm sure you can understand, though, how in this in this day and age, how someday if the wrong person gets elected, that list, you know what I mean? That list goes yeah. out and they start going door to door and collecting guns. And that's, I, I do understand that fear, you know, that people would have. I mean, but what is that fear? That government is going to come and take all of your guns? Yeah, is that I, I real? Think people, you don't think? I think people legitimately have that fear. I think I, they do, no. but is it a real fear? Is it just fueled it by BS? Now it's not a real fear. It it could be someday. I mean, what I, would I happen? The country gets more polarized. I think people on that side get more fearful of that. That they could see that happening someday. Could anyone even stop a tyrannical government that, at this point, that wanted to take your guns? No, no. They, they, you have guns, and they have drone, drone, drones. Stealth bombers. bombers. I mean, and everything else. Um, but you, you yeah. can shoot at the stealth bomber with your, with your Ruger, <laughs> with your potato gun. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a pumpkin gun. <laughs> what do you think about forcing gun owners to have insurance on their guns, much like an automobile, or um? being under the influence while firing a firing a gun like some, yeah. some similar to a dui like that you have to care have a license plate on your both front side and back of your car to identify who you are you have to go through a bunch of training to get a license i mean there's I some restrictions be. like on felons and those who've been you know adjudicated to be mentally ill but adjudicated and anyone in florida yeah, <laughs> so Florida, they hand you your permit uh, as soon as you get your driver's license. Here's your gun. Welcome Here's to gun. Florida. Welcome to Florida. Have fun. Does Florida even have lawyers? I just it's a it's a lawless, <laughs> and godless land. I know. Can you imagine being a judge in Florida? The cases that you would see. <laughs> I would drink heavily every day before court. Did you hit your wife with an alligator in a Waffle House parking lot again? I just have never understood the need for automatic weapons. I guess I just, if responsible people who have been proven to be responsible, if if they want to have a gun collection and they want to own a a thousand rifles and a thousand pistols, go for it. I guess I just don't understand people's strong desire to own any sort of, yeah, AR-15 or I don't... Well, my bug guy, um, he confided in me that he owns over 700 firearms Whoa, he has why? like this huge safe that he had built 
in the in his ground in the uh, in the house underneath the floor. I don't know why <laughs> he inherited some, you know, some he's been collecting. And but the interesting about him is that he's not only a gun nut, but he's also an extreme couponer. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a Confederate flag tattoo. Yes, he's got a Confederate flag tattoo. He owns seven hundred guns, and he is an extreme couponer, so he gets the best this, deals uh, at Albertsons. This sounds like a true Renaissance man. <laughs> he's got a lot of interest. <laughs> you can't pigeonhole him. You really can't. No. I would draw the line at semi-automatic handguns, magazine no more than 10, 10 rounds, uh, but anything that could be used military grade, I, that's where I draw the line. I think, I don't see that as being reasonable self-defense uh, for either your home or your person. AR-15, no. Bump stock or not, I think, uh, no. Any, any military grade weapon, but you know, your average semi-automatic, your, your, um, uh, your, your six-shooter, your rifle, your shotgun, yeah. The phrase that kind of rolls through my mind is military grade. I just don't, I don't f see the need for it. I'm all for protecting the Second Amendment, but I, I just don't under, I don't understand the need for those. If if they want to keep those at a shooting range somewhere, and you can rent one to shoot at yeah, the shooting range, I think it's a good idea. Like you can rent a Tommy gun in Las Vegas. You could probably rent anything in Las Vegas. Probably a grenade launcher if you wanted to. Make it like uh, an armory type place or a shooting range where it's tightly, tightly controlled. And if you want to go seven days a week and go shoot them, great. In a tightly controlled environment, but just owning them, I don't know. I I'm open to hearing an argument of why people need those, but to me, I don't feel the need i'm just disappointed that the dicky amendment doesn't have something to do with uh making everyone wear a dicky <laughs> dickies are just fun they are when you see someone in a dicky you're just like oh look at that and it makes you smile <laughs> were turtlenecks whenever they came out with the dicky i mean were, were they such a necessity that if you couldn't have a full turtleneck you had to at least wear the dicky is that <laughs> yeah i would love to know the genesis of the dicky All right, guys. Well, uh, thanks, everyone, for listening in to the Think Funny Podcast. This is Aaron Donnelly for Nate Seidler and Matt Donnelly. We'll see you guys next week. I fired wildly into the air with no chance of hitting anything. <laughs> thanks for listening to Think Funny. If you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to like, subscribe, and tell a friend. If you have comments or topics for the guys, you can email them at thinkfunnypodcast at gmail.com. And check out aaronDonley.com for today's show notes and much more. That's A-A-R-O-N-D-O-N-L-E-Y dot com. <laughs> <laughs>